Hey guys, when we get into another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real, it's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, where we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you guys find the podcast on YouTube and anywhere you can get your podcast. And we're just so thankful you guys are here and that you guys are with us today. So I know it's probably been maybe a week or two uh, since we potted last time, but it's kind of been on purpose. Um, I wanted to let um, the podcast before with Matt kind of ride a little bit. Um, so again, go back and listen to the 490 project, and I believe we're gonna we're gonna do something kind of like a part two pretty soon. So be looking out for that. But until we do the part two, go back to part one and listen to the 490 project. Uh, that that's been such a great study. So many great questions, uh, so many great conversations had, and and contacts made uh, from that podcast. We're just so grateful that uh, that the Lord was able to uh, use us and use the use the podcast for His glory there. So check that out. We love you guys uh, to see what the 490 project uh, is about. So today's podcast, I'm really excited about today's. Today's is this text right here in Luke chapter 24. This text has changed a lot of things for me as we've studied through it and looked through it and and walked through it. And I hope that as we kind of look at this, this can kind of help you as it's helped me um, as we kind of just walk through and conversate today through Luke chapter 24. All right, so as you guys are turning there in your tablets, your phone, if you're just sitting, walking, watching this, let's kind of set this up, okay? So um, we're going to entitle this podcast, What Are the Odds? Okay, what are the odds? Now, if you're like me, you know, <laughs> you play things very safe, which is good which is good. I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but you ever say phrases like, I don't see it happening, you know, or, or maybe phrases like, you know, too many things would have to align for this to work. And then we match that phrase with, well, you don't understand the deck of cards that you were given. Well, you don't understand what's already on the board or how things have already been played. So therefore, because you know all that, you know the deck of cards you've been given. You know what's on your board and the moves that have already been made and the odds of things actually working out the way you want them to work out. Then you say, and we say, well, I don't see things aligning, right? Because it's, it's too difficult. It's too bunched up. There's no way things can align because that would mean this would have to happen, that would have to happen, and this would have to happen in order for this to happen, right? You ever have those conversations, even like with yourself, uh, with friends, Um this is very, very common, right? All of us do it, right? All of us do it. Or what about this one? What about this one? What about number three? Um, you know what? I just, the difficulties that I know, I don't know if those things can be torn down. I think this this wall, um, this obstacle, this hurdle that is in front of me, I don't see this being removed or being in a state where, it's not as effective um, and it's not kind of stalling where you're at right now. So basically you talk about it. Well, what are the odds of all this happening? What are the odds? Now, I want you to imagine these questions that you may have just thought to yourself as you're walking, as you're working out, as you're driving in the car to and fro from work, driving the kids to work, you're doing all this stuff. And I want you to imagine somebody's there with you, maybe in the car, maybe taking a walk, maybe working out with you, whatever it is. And as you're talking about this thing and you're conversing with this person and with these people, I want you to imagine that someone just randomly shows up and just listens to your conversation and someone says, that's interesting. 
That's interesting. And they sit there and they just listen to you. But then the the random person comes in and gives you a, an insane amount of hope. And it changes your perspective on the odds of your situation. This is literally what happens in Luke chapter 24. This is crazy. This is beautiful. This is, uh, it, it's a lot. It's a lot of things. And I can't think of another word right now. But it's so beautiful how the scripture outlines this for us because all of us have been in this situation. So I think this is text as we pull this out and as we're able to walk through this um, in Luke chapter 24, I think you'll be able to see that this question that we've always asked, I've always asked, maybe you've always asked, what are the odds? What are the odds? And it doesn't have to be one specific thing. There's a lot of things that people um, are wondering, what are the odds of this happening for me is, right? So let's look at this. Let's look at Luke chapter 24, and let's begin in verse number 13. Now, as you turn in there, here's some quick context as we're walking through this. So Jesus, in earlier on in chapter 24, Jesus had already been resurrected. So then after he's resurrected, the women see him, and then they go to the tomb, and then the, the words seem idle, so people didn't believe what the women were saying. Then Peter, verse 12, Peter went to the sepulcher, and he saw, and he saw that the clothes were there, and he departed, right? So all this is happening then we find ourselves here, it's kind of like a switch of scenes if we're watching a movie. So all this happens with Peter, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James. All this happens at the tomb, and then we have a scene switch to two disciples on the road of Emmaus. All right, and that's where we are. And initially, here's the first thing that we're seeing. We have to see the initial conversation. So this is how you and I, as we're studying and walking through this podcast together, this is how you and I relate. You have two disciples that aren't there. You have two disciples that weren't with the other disciples and the women. And you have also two disciples that did not know that Jesus had resurrected yet. They don't know. But they do know that Jesus was killed. Now, here's something that's important. When we ask the question, what are the odds? Right? What, what are the odds of this? What are the odds of that? What are the odds? Here's what they knew. They knew about the promise of this Savior. They knew the expectation. They've been waiting all their life. They knew about the line of Judah. They knew about this king that was coming. They knew about Jesus. And then Jesus is crucified. So now what what, what might you be thinking at that point? Man, this, this is literally the best shot that we had, and he's gone. Now remember, these two disciples, they do not know that Jesus had resurrected yet. They have no idea. And remember all the other things that Jesus taught, a lot of them, probably including these two, were confused about it. Jesus said, well, this temple I'll rebuild in three days. What are you talking about you'll rebuild this temple in three days? Nobody knew he was talking about his resurrection. Even the disciples didn't know, I'll be back. They didn't know about the resurrection. So these two didn't know either. So sometimes with this question of what are the odds, the the, the phrases that we say, like, well, you don't understand the deck of cards that I've been given. You don't understand the moves that I've already been made on the board. Guess what you're explaining to everybody? Guess what you're saying? You're saying the things that you know, but you're also implying the things that you don't know. So yes, you may know the facts of these things, which may be good or bad in your life, but the thing that you don't know, you have no idea what Christ is doing for you right now. You have no idea just like these two disciples. And this, guys, is why we relate to them. 
because all we know is my hope, my expectation, everything I wanted, everything I wanted him to be. Now he's gone. I have nothing now. I know my board. I know my deck of cards, and it doesn't look like it's a winning board. It doesn't look like it's a winning deck of cards. It looks like we're back to what we've always been, just waiting for something amazing to happen. But then little did they know, Jesus had already resurrected. And that's just a quick lesson before we even get to this conversation in the text in verse 13 of chapter 24 is, guys, yes, there are things that we can physically see that have worked and have not worked. And we have this conversation with ourselves. We have these conversations with other people. But here's what we don't know. We have no idea the back work that Jesus is doing, that God is doing to maybe use those things that you know for your good. You know, we mentioned this yesterday in our sermon. You know, you think about Joseph, you know, well, I'm in jail. Well, I've been accused. Well, all these things are happening. I'm still stuck in jail for two years. I helped somebody and then they forgot about me. So now I got to be stuck in jail. All these things. So Joseph could have said, I know my board. I know my deck of cards. What is happening right now? It's not working. What are the odds? Hannah could have said the same thing, right? I want a child. I've been praying for a child. I can't eat because I really want this child. I've been pouring out my soul and my heart to God, and I've been praying because I really need this child in my life. But as I've been praying, nothing's happening, so then my sadness gets more sad, and I'm stuck. I know my deck of cards. I know my game board. It's not looking good. What are the odds? But then you see Joseph become second in command, but God needed to use those disappointments and failures. Those long nights that Hannah prayed, those, those tears that God had put in a bottle, use all of those things before they received what they needed to receive within the will of God, not the will of Joseph or the will of Hannah. It's a beautiful thing, guys, but here's, here's our stage. Here's what's being set here. So now, verse 13, so behold, Two of them that went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs, and they had talked together of everything that had happened. So this is how we can relate. Two disciples that have no idea that Jesus resurrected, so now I'm relaying my disappointment on another disciple because he's disappointed too. So then guess what we can do in our lives too? In our conversations with other disciples, with other Christians, what we can do is we can walk down this path of life as they're walking the path to Emmaus, and all we can do is tell each other and compare our boards, and we can compare our deck of cards of why we've been disappointed our entire lives. And we'll do that, and we'll compare, and we'll say what hasn't worked, and we'll just talk, talk, talk about it as we walk this life. I understand 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, right? Casting your care upon him, for he cares for you. But is it, don't you guys ever get to a state, and I'm asking myself this question too, don't you guys ever get to the state where you feel as if, especially being a, a disciple of Jesus Christ, you ever feel like you get tired of talking about things going wrong? And, and that doesn't, we're not trying to take away from the hurt or the pain or or the feeling that 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 whatever is actually happening, right? You should feel that. You should um, you should process that. You should go through the whole phase. But you know, don't you just get tired of talking about what's not working and talking about how bad your deck of cards is and talking about how bad your what whatever happened on your board is? So what these two disciples are doing 
they're talking together and they talked about all these things, man, this Messiah, and they may have seen him, right? They, they may have heard from the other disciples, this Messiah we've been waiting for so long. This has been the closest thing to him, the miracles that he did, the messages that he preached, what I wanted him to be. I mean, he just fulfilled everything I wanted the Messiah to be. And then the, the news that we hear, that this same man that we had so much expectation for is dead. The Romans, they got him. Just like everybody else, they got him. And now we're, we're talking about our disappointment together. But then verse 15, it came to pass during this conversation, the initial conversation, as you and I are walking together with these two disciples, we're walking down the road. And while they commune together on these things, and they reason together on these things. So notice quickly. So now as they're reasoning together with these things, who's the standard here in this conversation? Well, maybe that wasn't the Messiah. Not saying that they said this, but but what if this was a part of the conversation? Maybe he wasn't. Maybe this isn't what we expected. So now you have two disciples reasoning amongst each other about things of God. But notice when that happens, somebody has to intervene. And as they reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So imagine, like we talked about, you're in the car, you're in the gym, you're walking with a friend, you're doing all these things with a friend, and you're complaining about what's going on, and you're on the phone, and you're talking about all these things, and then Jesus just is in the middle of you, and he's just listening. He's been listening to you the whole time. So here's what's interesting, verse 16, but their eyes were holding or blocked that they didn't even know who he was. So now Jesus is literally in the midst of them, but they don't know that it's Jesus because he may have taken on the form of someone else. So they have no idea that it's him or it is him, but because of their disappointment, they don't even recognize that it is him. Either way, they don't know. So imagine you're talking to another Christian. Man, I just don't, I don't know. I don't see it working based off, based off the cards that were given. Too many things aren't working. Too many things, even if something would work, way too many things would have to align perfectly for me to even get an opportunity. For, forget the thing even working out. For, for me and you to even get an opportunity, there's too many stars that would have to align. It's too difficult. The Christ, he was here, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if this was the one. But then verse 17, and he said unto him, Unto them, what manner of communication is this that you have to one another as you walk together? And why are you so sad? Think about how comforting that is. Let's just stop there for a second as we as we as we uh, talk about this. Think about how comforting that would be. Now they don't know that this is Jesus, but if you're having this conversation with a friend and someone comes in the middle and they kind of have been listening to you guys and they can hear enough. And they come into the middle of this conversation. What what kind of uh, what kind of conversation are you guys having? And then notice the care and concern that Jesus had for them. Why are you guys so sad? Hmm. Think about what Jesus is doing amongst his disciples today. You know, it, it's a, it is a beautiful thing to help people and to um, minister to people and to be there for them and to love them and to. 
encourage them and pray with them and walk with them and challenge them. And they do the same thing to, to me and to others. But, you know, there's been times where maybe you've been having a conversation with someone or conversation on the phone or, you know, having coffee with someone, whatever it is. Why are you so sad? And Jesus is saying that. Imagine how comforting that potential. Now, we know this being Jesus, but just them knowing that somebody else cared about their situation here. It's a beautiful thing and it's a beautiful image. But us knowing that that's Jesus that's amazing. And here's what's so what's so great about this is these two disciples that Jesus is talking to right now, these aren't pillars. This isn't Peter. This isn't John. This isn't this isn't Luke. This isn't this isn't all these other disciples. This is a disciple named Cleopas. Who knows stuff about Cleopas? Who knows the 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 great things he may or may not have done? What she may or may not have done these disciples? Who, who knows stuff about them? And that's the beauty of this is Jesus is showing us all of my disciples, I love them, and all of my disciples, I'm willing to have this type of conversation with them as you're walking on the way. It's so beautiful. I mean, this kind of gives me an image, guys, as we're kind of walking through it. This gives me an image of a little bit of Psalm 23, too, as, as he talks with David. And as Jesus is showing us what a shepherd does, you know, I, I am with you. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. It, it, it just gives me that image of, of walking through with you. So then verse 18, then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said unto him, again, not knowing that this is Jesus, are you only a stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known the things that have come to pass in these days? So look at what they're saying. Jesus answered them, what conversation are y'all having? And then two, why are you so sad? But then Cleopas, understanding, not knowing that this is Jesus, what's his first response? Are you new here? Are you are you new to this area? Did you just move here? Do, don't you understand anything that has happened? So then that's what we'll say to other disciples. And that's what we'll say to Jesus here. Jesus Friend, brother, are you new? Have Don't you understand what's happened the past six months? Don't you understand what's happened the past couple years? Are, are, are you new to this? Have you not seen? Have you not cared? Are you not concerned with what's going on? That's his first, that's his first image. So now verses 13 through 18, guys, this is the, this is the initial conversation that's happening. And God, isn't this so relatable? How many conversations you literally may have had a conversation like this today or this week, talking to somebody about, about things like this, about what's going on with you personally, maybe what's going on with them personally. All these things are happening, but these disciples here are at such a low point that they need, they need so much encouragement to know that Jesus Christ has risen, that this person that they've had this high expectation, this person that they should trust, they need to know this again. And Jesus is there to help them. So now, understand that, and keep this in mind too, because we're going to hit this going back as we, as we walk through this. But remember when Jesus came in the middle of them, their eyes were constrained. They couldn't see him. They, they saw him physically, but they didn't know that this was the Christ. 
Sometimes, guys, and I know you may have been this, and I know I've been here too, be very careful as you walk this way and as you walk this journey. Be very careful when you really, when you're doing normal things in life or even when you're talking to brethren. Again, please understand there's a balance. I'm not saying that we shouldn't. Please express those things. Please express your your concerns. Please express the I don't knows. Please express the tears. Express the anger. Even express the joy. Express those things when these things happen. But as we look at this, sometimes if we focus, notice the word focus. If we focus so much on your personal deck of cards, what was given, whether it was by personal infliction by your decisions or just because God has has allowed it, maybe because you didn't make a bad decision, maybe because he just allowed it. Be very careful in focusing on your deck of cards or the moves that have been made on your board. Because all the disciples could see here were their problems, their deck of cards, and their board. But who's in the middle of them the whole time? Jesus. Sometimes, guys, I've missed him. Maybe you've missed him. Maybe you've missed him through the word. Maybe you've missed him through the acts or through the the entering and exiting of good people. Maybe you've missed him. Because you were so focused on your on your deck of cards, you were so focused on your board that in the middle, Jesus was there the whole time. But because he was there and because you were focused on the wrong things, you'll miss him every time. Don't miss him. Don't miss him. And right now, you and I, we may be missing him. But if we are missing him, let's try to open up our eyes as we're going to see these disciples here, guys. They're going to start opening their eyes up. All right? All right, so now... And this is, I love this text so much now. This may be one of my favorites. All right. Uh, so in Luke 24, we see verses 13 through 18. There's this initial conversation. We're expressing these things. We're seeing these things. Then we're letting this stranger who's in the middle of this now, we're letting him know what's going on. Now, verse uh, verse 19. Now, Jesus understanding these things. Jesus. Un- now, what's the question that Cleopas asked? Are you, do you not understand? Do you not know what happened here? Do do you not get what's been happening here? But then notice what Jesus said in verse 19. And he said unto him, what things? (laughs) Can you imagine that? Jesus living this out of what they're so confused about. And Jesus looks at both of them. I want you to explain. What, What things? And then they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, verse 19, he was a prophet he was mighty in deed and word before God of all the people. Just imagine how they're talking. Now, as we read this, read this text when times you were, you had high expectation of things and people, okay? That's how I want you to read Matthew 20 or Luke 24, starting in verse 19. Read it with that joy of high expectation, and then it crushes. So now imagine the the... Um, the happiness that they're talking to Jesus about this. Jesus was the Jesus was this. He was a prophet. He was so mighty in word and deed. Then the chief priests, verse 20, and our rulers, they delivered him to be condemned to death and they crucified him. And we trusted so much, verse 21. Oh, we trusted. We trusted so much that he was the one that he would have redeemed all of Israel. 
And beside of all of this, today is the third day since all this has happened. It's been three days. It's been three days we've had to wallow in this. Ah, he was so mighty for three years. So mighty. But now all of that that we had such high expectation for, crushed. He's gone. What hope do we have now? I think we overlooked that because we know so much about the resurrection. I don't think we put into account what these people were thinking that didn't know that he was going to resurrect. Oh, man. Imagine, now the text doesn't indicate this, but imagine if Cleopas and this other disciple literally met Jesus, like they're talking about him. So, So let's say they met him. Man, I remember seeing him. I met him. I could tell when I looked in his eyes, he was the Messiah. The way that he spoke, if you would hear him preach, it was different. He spoke with a level of authority that was, we've never heard anything like that. His kindness, his meekness, we knew he was a king, but the things he was saying, it wasn't, it wasn't very kingly, but we, we, we loved him. And we knew that he was going to lead us. Now that man that we loved, he's gone. It's not here anymore. And then that's where the disappointment comes. Verse 22. Yes, and even certain women of our company made us astonished, and they were early at the sepulcher. And when they didn't find his body, they came and they had also seen a vision of angels that said he was alive. And certain of them that were with us went to the sepulcher, and they found it even so, but the women said they didn't see him. Then verse 25. Now, now Jesus here gets to respond to all of this. Now there's, there's a certain level in this conversation. Now we're getting ready to open and go into the communion now. Jesus let, Jesus let them speak. Jesus let them recount all the things that have happened. Jesus let them recount all all the things that they had allegedly seen at the at the uh, at the sepulcher, he he was gone, but th- it's been three days. But then notice, verse twenty five, and he said unto him, unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Now, a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times today, right? If if somebody is gonna call somebody a fool. You see that as, wow, that's so demeaning. Like, why would you just sit there and say, you're a fool, you're an idiot, you're dumb, you're stupid. So is that what Jesus is saying here? You guys are idiots. You guys are dumb. Sometimes sometimes that's how this, this would be preached. Y'all, y'all are idiots. Y'all are dumb. No, y'all, y'all are, you guys are slow. Now, not slow as in you can't, you can't learn slow, but Jesus is trying to express to them because what are they doing? They're hurt. They're complaining. So now Jesus is saying, look, you're slow of heart to believe. Jesus is, not, Jesus is not sitting here insulting their intelligence because would that be meek and humble, Matthew chapter 5? So why would Jesus, you know, um, turn back on what he was trying to teach when he was alive? So that's not consistent. You're slow of heart to believe. That's why you're sad. Because remember, how do we know that? What's the original question Jesus asked in verse 17? Why are you communicating this way? 
Because what does Jesus know? I'm alive. Then two, why are you so sad? What does Jesus know? I'm alive. Three, what do they don't know? I don't know you're alive. So Jesus is walking with them. Let me show you. Let me show you. Oh, fools of slow of heart to believe all the prophets that have spoken. Ought not Christ, verse 26, shouldn't he have suffered these things so that he could enter into glory? So now he's showing, because he, him being the Christ, he's showing that he knows. Well, now what did Cleopas say? Don't you know? Don't you know what happened? Jesus is answering that question now too. Shouldn't Christ have gone through this? Shouldn't he have done this? Shouldn't he have died so that he could go to glory as the prophet said? See, here's what, here's what Cleopas and the other disciple forgot. Possibly, and it looks as if the text indicates that. They were so sad about his death that they have forgotten about the promise. Many times, guys, what we can do, we can be so concerned with our deck that we forget about the promise. Because your deck of cards, by your own decisions or just because God wills it to happen, we focus so much on the death of deck. And we look at it and we say, well, there's no way. There's no way I can be an effective Christian because I don't, I didn't grow up in a traditional home. I, I can't have that. There's no way that my family or my kids, there's no way that we can grow because this is not how it's supposed to be. That I can't do this because of the color of my skin. So I can't really be as effective. I can't do this because I can't do this because of my deck. I can't do this because of, but what have we forgotten? You're slow to believe. I'm alive. Is Jesus still alive today? So if he's still alive today and we're so focused on our board and we're so focused on our deck, then what does that say about me? What does that say about you? Even to this day, we may be slow of heart to believe. Man, it's so, oh man, it's so beautiful, guys. But notice what Jesus does. Now, in this moment, in Luke chapter 24, could Jesus have revealed himself and opened up their eyes as Saul's eyes were opened? Could he have opened up their eyes so that they could see it's me? So he could have physically revealed himself to say, look, this is the Christ. I'm here. You should believe because I'm here. Jesus doesn't do that. And I think he's, he's not doing that for a reason. Why? I heard a preacher talk about this text in Luke 24, and he said instead of revealing himself, he talked about himself. Now, remember, they don't know that this is him still. So he didn't reveal that he was Jesus. He talked about Jesus. So now, Romans 10, 17, when we're walking on the way amongst disciples, when we're comparing our deck of cards when we're, when we're comparing the moves that have already been made on our board of the stars that we know that can't align, of how bad our deck looks, as we're walking on that way, what does Romans 10, 17 say? So then faith comes how? When I'm walking on that way, when I'm disappointed, when my countenance is sad, when I'm talking about things as if Jesus is not in control, so then the faith that needs to be re-energized in you on your way on the path, how does it come? By him revealing a sign to you? By him just giving you stuff? 
Jesus could have did this here with these disciples in, in Luke chapter 24. But what does Jesus do? So then faith comes by hearing. Jesus didn't reveal himself. Jesus talked about himself. This is where the communion starts. Look at this. This is crazy. Look at this. Verse, uh, verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So imagine him sitting there. Now they're on the way and they're talking. This has been all day. And we'll see that this has been all day. So imagine he's talking to them. And as he's talking to them, notice what he's saying. Remember in, in, in uh, you know, with Moses and the prophets, how Moses said there's going to be someone that's greater than him that's coming. He was talking about Jesus. Did you guys know that? Now they knew that. But because Jesus is talking about it, now they know. Remember remember when Abram, when he went to the mountain, and the first time love is shown in the Bible, it's when Abram sacrificed his only son. You know that God himself was going to sacrifice his son, and that was Jesus. They knew that, but now they know it. Here's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was infusing his disciples with faith again. You see, here's something that's that's great. Um, it's, it's so beautiful. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Jesus is just recounting every instance from Moses on. Anything that concerned him, Jesus was re-infusing that back into his disciples. So beautiful. It's so beautiful. But look at this. Watch, watch verse 28. And they drew nigh to the village. So now we've been walking all day, and now we're getting close to that village. And he made as though as if he would have gone farther. So now, remember, two people started on this journey. We're walking all day. The stranger that we as the reader know is Jesus, but Cleopas and this other disciple doesn't know this is Jesus. So now you got three people walking. And now as they're walking, they know that this is their destination, the original two. But then Jesus is almost walking as if he's going to walk past a city. So imagine you're talking to another disciple about how bad your deck of cards is. Then someone just starts talking about Jesus to you and reminds you how amazing Jesus is and how all the prophets and the scripture and every major thing that you can learn in the Torah was about Jesus anyway. So then he says, you know what, I'm going to keep walking, but I'll see you all later. That's what Jesus did here. Okay. I've said, I said what I needed to say. It was a great conversation. Great conversation. But then watch verse 29. But they constrained him. So now you have the conversation. You have the, re, you have the communion between them now. Then you have the constraining. Whoa, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. I know the sun is setting. I know it's, can you stay? Can we, can we talk more? Do you have to go? I mean, we. You can stay here. Stay here with us. Well, don't go. Don't go. So now here's, here's, it's so beautiful. So now look at this. They constrained him saying, abide with us. It's close to the evening and the day is far well spent. We've been talking about this all day. And then he went to tarry with them. And it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and he blessed it. 
and he break it and he gave it to them and their eyes were open. Verse 31. Ah, before their eyes were closed, they didn't know this was Jesus. They didn't know. But verse 31, now their eyes were open and they knew him. Then he vanished. Here's what's so, oh man, this is crazy. Oh, so beautiful. This is, isn't this beautiful as we study scripture together, how powerful it is? It's unreal. So look at this now. His eyes were open, their eyes were open, they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. Here's the, the beautiful thing about this. As, as we're looking at this, notice what they say, verse, uh, verse 32. And then they said to one another, did not our hearts burn within us? While he talked with us the whole way and he opened to us the scripture. Guys, this is so on the previous podcast, Matt mentioned this and, and don't miss this because this matches here in verse 32. Did these disciples, did they know the account of Moses? Did they know Abram? Did they know Isaac? Did they know Jacob? Did they know all these things that were pertaining to Jesus? They knew it, but they didn't know it. I don't want you to miss that, guys. And please listen carefully as we're studying this because I've been at fault at this too. They knew everything they needed to know. But until Jesus said it again, now they knew it. Then they said, now our hearts burn within us. You know what that word means? It's a new understanding of old things. Matt said in the podcast on the 490, Matt mentioned, don't study the scripture just to know more scripture. Study the scripture so that you can know him. Now that if you know him, then your heart will burn. Now I got a new understanding. I see it now. Jesus taught us right here, guys, in all of Matthew 20 or Luke 24. Jesus taught us this is how we disciple. This is how we evangelize. How, how, do, how do you know that? How do you know that this is what he's saying? So there's two, there's two faults that sometimes that all of us do sometimes in evangelism. One, we force Jesus on people. Did Jesus force himself on these two? Jesus just literally just asked a question. What are you guys talking about and why are you so sad? That's concern. That's compassion. That's love. Jesus didn't force them to talk about this all day. Okay, let's just walk together. But sometimes what we can do is with the scripture, we can force fear upon people. Well, you better follow Jesus because if you don't, we force people and then we'll back it up under the veil of scripture. Or two, we will baptize in droves. There's a thousand here, 500 here, 800 here, 1200 here. But then they know a bunch of scripture, but they don't know Jesus. Sometimes, guys, we can know the scripture for two reasons. Sometimes we just study scripture wherever you are, whether it's personal, whether you're in a school, whatever it is. Sometimes you can study scripture just so your head can get big. 
Well, if somebody needs to know, okay, first Peter something. Okay, if somebody needs to know, John 1. Okay, if somebody needs to, uh, uh, Genesis chapter 25. I know where it is. I can quote it. Forwards and backwards, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. So then you spend all your life, you know it all. You know it all. You got, you got, you got all the head knowledge. You know it all. But Cleopas and the other disciple knew it too. But then guess what they didn't know? They didn't know Jesus. They didn't know his humility. But we know he's like he's like Moses and Abram, right? He's going to lead. We know he's going to be like the son that's going to be sacrificed. We know the types and the anti-types. We know all the pictures. We know all the images. We know the New Testament. We know all this stuff. But do you know Jesus? But I know the verse. Do you know Jesus? But I know the context. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him? I'm just being, I'm being honest, guys. Do you know him? By your study of scripture, do you know Jesus more or do you just know more stuff about him? Do you know his humility? Do you know how hard it was for him to be humble? Do you know how hard it was for people to hate him, but he just loved them even more? Do you know how hard it was for him to hear prophecy to, prophecies about himself that wasn't false, but then he still taught and discipled? Do you know how hard it was for best friends to betray him? And he still loved them. Do you know how hard it was for him to be meek? Are we that? That's why we study scripture. Or number two, as disciples that are walking on the way, if we're not studying scripture so we can just know more stuff, we'll study scripture so we can fight other people. I, I got a defense so I can stand. Here we go. First Peter 1, John 1. Here we go. All right, I'm like a, I'm like a flaming bullet. You can ask me anything, I'm, I'm on it. You can do that, but do you know Jesus? So if, if someone was walking with Cleopas and the other disciple on the way, and as they're walking and somebody randomly jumps out the woods, where was Moses here? Uh, 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 he was in Egypt. All right, cool. Just making sure. Making sure you got it. But do you know him? Guys, I'm afraid that a lot of us, myself included, there have been times where we know so much head knowledge but we miss him. Well, that's not true. Why did Jesus say that this was true about those two? So if it's true about those two, could it be true about Jordan? Yes. Can it be true about you? Is it? I'm not going to answer for you. Can it be true about Jordan? Yes. Did our hearts not burn within us? We knew all this stuff. We could point people to this stuff. We can baptize people to this stuff, but do we know him? I know this stuff, but now I know it. Why? Not by my experiences, not by the wrongs that have happened, because Jesus talked about himself, and I listened, and you listened, and Cleopas listened. Now, guys, now you have the constraining. Now that I know that the scripture and this stuff is not about anything about me or what I could do or how I can perform or how I can show my head knowledge, even if I do have a humble heart behind it, it's not about me. It's about you and I getting people to be disciples and to know Jesus, not disciples after they've been baptized. Now you're a disciple. No, after you've been baptized, here's his humility. Here's his meekness. Here's his peace. Here's his hungering, thirsting after righteousness. Here is his heart. That's what we've been missing.
That's what I've been missing. This is it. It's unreal. It's unreal, guys. But Jesus said people are going to miss stuff like this because they know so much about me, but in their pride, they're going to say they know me, but they don't. It's real. It's real. So now look at what he says. Remember with Paul, before we finish this off, remember Paul, these disciples here, they constrain Jesus. No, 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 don't go. Don't go. Please don't go. Paul said that what constrains us? The love of God constrains us. What constrains you? Why are you preaching? Why are you studying with people? Why are you even where you are at your congregation? Why are you in school? Why are you learning to preach? Why are you there? Are you there so then when you, you, when you get out, you can just fight people with the scripture? You can do that, but you might not know Jesus. Are you there just so you can know a thousand scriptures like everybody else and so that you can seem smarter than everybody else? You can do that, and you will succeed in that because I know you will. But do you know Jesus? What constrains you? What constrained Cleopas and the other disciple earlier? What we thought we knew and my disappointments. But Paul said, the love of God constrains me. Nothing else. It's not my job. It's not my title. It's not what I could be. It's not how much I know. It's not who I know. All that can be gone. But what should stay? The love of God. That's why Cleopas and the other disciple here, that's why they said, we have a new understanding. I know him now. My heart is burning. Oh, it's burning. And guys, that feeling is unreal. Let me tell you. And we're not doing this for feeling, but it's like when you know what you thought you knew, and then now you're reintroduced to who you know, it's ridiculous. It's unreal. It's unreal. Now look at this. <clears throat> verse, uh, verse 33. And they rose up that same hour. Then they returned to Jerusalem, which is interesting because what did they say? Have y'all not known what happened here? So then they went back so they can get evidence. And then they found the 11 gathered together. And then they said, verse 34, can you imagine them seeing the 11? Look, we were just walking, and this guy showed up, and he talked about Jesus, and we talked all day, and we constrained him, and then we went to the village, and we, we, had, we had bread, and he broke the bread, and then as we talked, we knew it was him, and then he was gone. Now we're here, and they're just, he's real. Look, guys, we know him. We knew the law, we knew the Torah, we knew every fact, we knew everything about him, we knew what he was supposed to be. If anybody knew something, we can give him book, chapter, and Torah for it, but we know him now, though. He's real, and he's back. He's back. Verse 35, and they told him all the things that were done in the way and how he had known them in the breaking of bread. So beautiful. And then he shows himself to the disciples at the end of the book. Guys, this is how we teach people. This is how we disciple people. We walk with them on the way like Jesus did. 
We help people who think they're so prideful and know it all. We walk them in the way. We help people who don't know a lick about Jesus. We walk on the way. On the prideful side, they may say, well, you, th- you think you don't know enough, and you this, and you this, you this. I'll see you tomorrow. We'll walk with you. Those that don't know Jesus, man, I want to know more. I'll see you tomorrow. Jesus showed us evangelism. It wasn't forceful. It wasn't out of a basis of fear. Let me just show you who I am. (laughs) What are the odds? So now as we close this, what are the odds? What are the odds that this situation that we were in can turn out amazing now? This same person that just defied the odds and was among you, what does he tell you to do? Trust me. Trust me. It is, it is, I can't say, guys, for you because this is not prosperity. We're not talking about, well, trust me, and then you'll have a big bank account. Trust me and all these things. But we're talking about within the will of God. God is able to use a reg, and I am regular as a regular dude gets. I am just, I'm, I am the definition of regular. To use a regular person for his glory, to use you for his glory, what are the odds? What are the odds? It's not supposed to happen. Let Jesus walk with you on the way and let him turn your understanding of you and let him turn your understanding of what you thought you knew about him. All the stuff you memorized, all the books you read, all the sermons you preached, let him turn that into a new understanding. You know it, but you still don't know me. So beautiful. You see why this is this is one of them ones for me? This is it, man. I mean, Luke 24 is ridiculous. I mean, it's so beautiful and so rich. I gotta preach this. This is this is so good. There's there's so much more that I missed, but read through it again for you. I mean, it just it's a beautiful thing. And as we're walking together, this is the beauty of the podcast here. We want to walk with each other, we want to grow with each other. And and if this is something that you want, you know, if this is something that that you want to be a part of, myself, Matt, the congregation here, the elders here, we want to walk with you and we want to we want you to be a part of what we got going on here. So uh, reach out to us either through YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is. We want you a part of this. We want you a part of of this walk, and we want you a part of this journey. So uh, appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Underneath the description, um, I guess I can put a uh, I'll put a link under the four nineties. So you can go back and listen to that before we do part two, and then also there'll be a link to support the podcast if you want to support ninety nine cents a month, four ninety nine a month, or nine ninety nine a month. You can support the podcast, and then we'll kind of reinvest it back uh, into the podcast. Um, but I'll put those links there. You guys are the best. Appreciate you guys. If you if you need anything, reach out to us. Uh, we want to be able to help you and to be a part of your walk and your journey. So, Lord willing, uh, we will see you guys next week with another podcast. Thanks, guys.